48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines. A government advisor warns that a cluster of COVID-19 cases in Chantin may have been caused by a so-called super spreader. Organizers of the June 4th candlelight vigil say even though a mass rally at Victoria Park has been banned, they want people to stop there and light a candle. And Chief Executive Carrie Lam claims many Hong Kong people are living in fear because of the anti-government protests. An advisor to the government on anti-coronavirus measures said there could have been a super spreader at a Shantin estate where six residents have come down with COVID-19. Every person living in the same block in Lekyun estate has now been asked to give a saliva sample for testing. Mike Weeks reports. Hong Kong University microbiologist Yung Kwok Yong was among those who called for Luk Chun House not to be evacuated last night, saying it was unlikely there are structural issues with the building that caused the virus to spread. Professor Yun said that a 34-year-old woman, the first Lek Yun resident confirmed to have coronavirus at the weekend along with her husband, had a high viral load in her body. He said the disease may have spread in her building because she shared facilities like lifts, doors and mailboxes with others. Two people who worked with the woman in a Kwai Chung warehouse also tested positive for coronavirus yesterday, along with the paramedic who took her to hospital. Professor Yun said the biggest mistake the authorities have made so far in dealing with COVID-19 is not to have tested a larger number of people every day to try to keep a tab on the disease at the community level. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says she's very worried about the latest coronavirus outbreak in the city, adding that a decision will be taken soon on whether to extend social distancing measures that are set to expire on June the 4th. She says the government will take a cautious and prudent approach when considering whether or not to relax social distancing measures and border controls. Mrs. Lam says officials are rushing to test residents of the affected Shantin block to try to gauge the spread of the virus. Living in the same building, but not affected by the drainage system or the building structures, uh, is something that uh, uh, that gets I very worried, and also I believe the experts. Uh, so they have to do a lot more investigation to trace the uh, causes of these infections, and to receive as quickly as possible the specimens back, so that we have a better idea of the extent uh, and the spread of uh, the infections in the local community. Organizers of the June 4th candlelight vigil say even though a mass gathering is banned at Victoria Park, people are welcome to join them to insist on lighting a candle there. They'll also be marking the anniversary across Hong Kong at 100 street booths. The chair of the Alliance in Support of the Patriotic Democratic Movements in China, Li Chukyan, say they'll go into Victoria Park in groups of eight, and it's up to the police to do whatever they see fit. We have not given up. We will go into Victoria Park and we welcome anyone that individual determination to go into Victoria Park. But what we are doing now is that we will not just focus on one point in Victoria Park, though we will still want to show to the world and the people of Hong Kong that we are persistent in lighting a candle inside Victoria Park. So we will still do that. The police have banned the annual event for the first time since the Tiananmen Square massacre in 1989, citing social distancing rules. Chief Executive Carrie Lam claims it's an objective fact that Hong Kong people are living in fear because of anti-government protesters. She alleged they have been acting at overthrowing the SAR government in the year-long protest campaign, saying Beijing wasn't going to ignore this amid what she described as rising calls for Hong Kong independence. 
Mrs. Lam said Beijing was under a lot of pressure over its decision to impose national security legislation on the SAR, and she is reassured by statements from the central authorities that the law won't affect Hong Kong's high degree of autonomy and that people's rights will be upheld. They said that the enactment will not change the high degree of autonomy and will have no impact on Hong Kong SAR's judicial independence, including that of final adjudication. I find these principles and clarifications very reassuring. But of course, one has to wait for the draft legislation before you will be truly convinced that the law has complied with each and every of those principles. Mrs. Lam also called on the 180,000 civil servants to understand that Hong Kong is facing very challenging times economically amid reports that her cabinet will decide today to freeze civil service pay this year. Mrs. Lam described the challenge as almost the most difficult in history. She said she could not reveal anything before the Executive Council meeting as it has a basket of factors to consider regarding pay. The MTR Corporation says it's hoping to boost its efficiency in track maintenance by attaching track inspection equipment onto some of its trains. Speaking at a press conference, the company's operations director, Tony Lee, said several of its passenger trains will double up as inspection vehicles and monitor the track situation while in service throughout the day. Mr. Lee said the new technology will allow the train operator to pick up and rectify problems early on as the trains will continuously send out key data and alert staff if they detect unusual vibrations. Singapore has begun a staged easing of its coronavirus measures. Some school children are returning to classrooms and some industries can resume. The BBC's Karishma Vaswani reports. No dining in at restaurants and only select retail outlets are allowed to open. But families are allowed to meet parents or grandparents living in another home as long as it's a maximum of two visitors per day from the same household. Singapore says these strict rules are necessary and it doesn't want to rush into opening up because it's learnt from other countries which have seen a second wave of infections. The city-state is also exploring travel bubbles and has said that China is likely to be first on the list, causing some consternation amongst its residents who worry about another outbreak. President Trump has said he'll deploy thousands of military and civilian police to put an end to rioting and looting which has disrupted cities across the United States for the past week. The protests follow the death in police custody of an unarmed African-American, George Floyd. We cannot allow the righteous cries and peaceful protesters to be drowned out by an angry mob. The biggest victims of the rioting are peace-loving citizens in our poorest communities. And as their president, I will fight to keep them safe. Following his televised address from the White House Rose Garden, Mr. Trump walked with security guards through nearby streets to a church damaged in the protests. The BBC's Peter Bowes has been following developments. By turning up himself at a place that he talked about in his speech, he is simply trying to, to stress his main argument, and that is that uh, places have been destroyed, innocent people, he says, have been attacked by some of the protesters. There's been mindless damage to property, indeed, around the country. And the president, clearly, in a very graphic, a very televisual sense, you might say, is determined to, to make that point. Derek Chauvin, the officer seen kneeling on Mr. Floyd's neck before he died, will appear in court next week, charged with murder. A post-mortem examination commissioned for the family of George Floyd has found that he died of asphyxiation due to pressure on his back and neck. 
The family's lawyer, Tony Romanucci, has accused the Minneapolis Police Department of failing to reform the practice of chokeholds and restraint that he said would have saved Mr. Floyd's life. Mr. Romanucci gave details of the postmortem's findings. What you're going to hear from the doctors is that there were two actual physical mechanisms that were in place that caused George Floyd's death. Not only was the knee on George's neck a cause of his death, but so was the weight of the other two police officers on his back, who not only prevented blood flow into his brain, but also airflow into his lungs. President Putin has set a date for a national vote on constitutional changes, which would allow him to remain in power for another 16 years. The vote, postponed because of the coronavirus pandemic, will conclude on July the 1st, with voting taking place over six days to allow for social distancing. Mr. Putin said the situation is stabilizing. We postponed the date of the all-Russian general vote on constitutional amendments on the basis of the top priority, saving the life and health of our citizens. Proceeding now on the basis that as the situation with this pandemic improves, we, of course, are returning to normal. The United Nations is co-hosting a high-level pledging conference for Yemen today to raise urgently needed funds to stop the world's biggest aid operation from going broke as it struggles to contain the spread of coronavirus. The UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres will call for $2.4 billion. More details from the BBC's Lisa Tusset. Before this global pandemic struck, Yemen was the world's worst humanitarian crisis. Now the UN warns that nowhere will COVID-19 spread faster, wider and with deadlier consequences. The threat grows just as the UN says its mission will run out of money in weeks. The UN's humanitarian coordinator in Yemen, Lise Grande, told me their operation was now at breaking point. They've already had to suspend payments for some 10,000 medical staff across the country. Ratings agency Standard & Poor's says Hong Kong's credit rating could be downgraded if the United States slapped sanctions on the city and triggered a significant drop in economic trend growth. The SAR's rating currently stands at AA+, the second highest. S&P is the only one of the is the only one of the three main global rating firms not to have cut Hong Kong's rating over the last year. But now the agency said if the sanctions start impinging on the city's services sector, especially the financial sector, that could lead to a downgrade. European Union and UK negotiators begin their final round of scheduled trade negotiations later today. Little progress is expected on key sticking points, but expectation is growing around a meeting later this month between Britain's Prime Minister Boris Johnson and the President of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen. Currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 107.71 yen, the euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollars and 11 cents, the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 67 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,836, that's 103 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $59 billion. Now to sports, here's Adam Chang. Following a long period of sports shutdown due to the coronavirus pandemic, Horse racing and snooker were the first sports to resume in the UK on Monday. 
both took place behind closed doors, as the BBC's Nick Hatton reports. Live sport has resumed in England, though, with competitions in both horse racing and snooker taking place, both without spectators. World number one, Judd Trump winning his first round match 3-0 against David Grace at the Championship League in Milton Keynes, while horse racing returned following an absence of 76 days. The 22-1 shot Zodiacos winning the first race back in Newcastle. Athletes across the world have been showing support for the ongoing demonstration against racism and police brutality in the United States following the death of George Floyd. American golfer Tiger Woods is the latest high-profile athlete to speak out since Floyd's death. The 44-year-old broke his silence by posting a statement on his Twitter account. He said, I've always had the utmost respect for our law enforcement. They train so diligently to understand how, when, and where to use force. This shocking tragedy clearly crossed that line. His statement on Monday comes a day after NBA legend Michael Jordan made his first public remarks on Floyd and the killings of black people at the hands of police. Jordan said, I stand with those who are calling out the ingrained racism and violence toward people of color in our country. We have had enough. In England, Liverpool players took a knee around the center circle at Anfield in a gesture of support against racism in the U.S. A picture of 29 players from the English Premier League leaders was taken during a training session yesterday. Star players Virgil van Dijk, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Captain Jordan Henderson were among those to post a picture that was retweeted by the official account of Liverpool. Meanwhile, FIFA has urged competition organizers to apply common sense and consider not sanctioning players for solidarity with George Floyd during matches. At least four players in a German Bundesliga made gestures of protest during games this past weekend. The Cologne forward Anthony Modest also made a gesture during last night's game against Leipzig. After scoring a goal, the Frenchman stood briefly with his right palm facing out and his left palm facing in to display the darker skin on the back of his hand. On the pitch, Timo Werner scored again as RB Leipzig got past Cologne to keep up the chase on second-place Borussia Dortmund. Werner's 25th goal of the Bundesliga season helped Leipzig to a 4-2 win. They trailed Dortmund by two points with five games remaining. And that's your look at sports. Adam Jung reporting there. To end the news, our top stories once again. A government advisor warns that a cluster of COVID-19 cases in Shatin may have been caused by a so-called super spreader. Organizers of the June 4th candlelight vigil say the that even though a mass rally at Victoria Park has been banned, they're inviting people to stop there and light a candle. And Chief Executive Carrie Lam claims many Hong Kong people are living in fear because of the anti-government protests. The news from RTHK. Pull my heart out of my chest Train my mind so I forget Sink your teeth into my bones Dig me out then fill the hole Tear me apart Tear me apart and watch it burn
to mouth, I breathe you in. Swallow down your jagged sin. Let it drown inside my veins. The sweetest poison I could take. You make it an all. And welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Tuesday afternoon. The second of June is today's date. Thanks to Phil for this morning's morning brew, and we do have a busy show for your listening pleasure. Just after half past one, we're going to be chatting with gin enthusiast and also whiskey expert John Rhodes. And this time we'll be chatting about gin and tonic, a firm favorite, a firm summer favorite, I should also add. John will be joining us also on Facebook Live in about 10 minutes or so, and we want you to join us as well. So feel free to uh, hop on to Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3, or you can uh, email us at 123show at rthk.hk. And uh, after 2 o'clock, we're going to hear about uh, South African Wine 101. And this week, Andrew Dembina talks to Hong Kong sommeliers uh, Derek Lee and also Raymond Lakdang. Uh, that'll be after the 2 o'clock news. And uh, we welcome you to join us. 123show at rthk.hk is the email address. And of course, there'll be great music coming your way this Tuesday afternoon. Let's go back to the 1988 for this tune.